We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Rotowire Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Seslowski of Rotowire.com. You follow me on Twitter at Alan Seslowski. On today's episode, I'm going to talk tanking in Dynasty Leagues, also known as the productive struggle, with my guest, Tony, better known as Stosh X on the Sleeper app. Tony has the multiple first YouTube channel. If you want to follow Tony, do so in the links in the video description below. Tony has successfully executed the trade back in Dynasty Startup Drafts where he accumulates multiple first-round picks and is able to build for the future while also maintaining a competitive team by trading his early-round picks for mid-round picks. He has done it to an art. So many people try the productive struggle or the intentional tank in the hopes of competing long-term and punting year one. I've seen Tony execute this strategy to AT. It's impressive. And we talk about how to do that, what first-round picks should be valued at, and who are some of the mid-tier veterans that can make you competitive. The Rotowire Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this long-ranging conversation about tanking properly the productive struggle in Dynasty Fantasy Football. Tony, why do so many people, why are so many people in Dynasty Fantasy Football allergic to winning? Why, why do they try to lose? Why do they try to lose? Oh, man, it's a great <laughs> question because I have uh, I have some pretty bad allergies myself. Let me tell you, especially this time of year. Um, uh, I'll be sneezing and coughing and breaking out in hives even. But, uh, you yeah. know, I, yeah, that, that's a great question, man. So I, I think that the real answer is because you can, um, I, I've found that you can take a backseat in the front end of a dynasty of startup um kind of tank or lose um within the first season strategically lose and um you know set yourself up for multi-year success from doing that um one of my big philosophies one of the reasons i started doing this is um you know there's 11 guys in your league who are not going to win a title there's 10 guys who aren't going to make any money at all um so you know i'm a competitive guy I definitely am. But if you could take yourself away from that competition on the front end, the whole landscape of your league, of the NFL league, shifts from year A to year B to year C so much that if you just go into it with an open mind of I'm going to be on the long-term process, I'm going to take a backseat early, um, you can set yourself up to have all those shifts work in your favor, and you could actually accelerate yourself to the top of your league, I think, much more quickly than a lot of people uh, uh, are, are aware of. Yeah, the reason I have Tony here from Multiple First YouTube channel is I've been in a bunch of leagues with you, Tony, and you've you execute the productive struggle well. And I I've often been on the Road to Wire Dynasty podcast, and I I, I kind of um, let's say I pile on and I goof on people that try to do the productive struggle because it it needs to be done correctly in order to work. If not, you're in a perpetual rebuild where the minute Amon Ross St. Brown, his rookie season hits. You're looking to sell him for next year's first, right? You're because you got him in the second round. Like, not you, but the proverbial you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I see this all the time is that as soon as somebody hits, a player hits that you got in round three, Elijah Mitchell, someone's like, if you can get a first from, do it. It's it, sometimes like, you know, you have to, those are the guys you want to keep. So, yeah, hold just, yeah. So why don't we just start with just pretend you're talking to my my 90 year old grandmother. What would be the way that you would define tanking or productive struggle when you're doing a dynasty startup drafts? Because we have a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are in dynasty startups. 
they don't they're you know they don't want to draft aging players like DeAndre Hopkins and Derrick Henry. So make it very simple. What is it that the strategy that you've been successfully able to execute by trading down and just go through the whole thing? Yeah, so the, the, the real core of the whole strategy comes from a little bit of my background as a, a tabletop gamer. All right, I have played through my life Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh, Hearthstone, Pokemon cards. We've all heard of these things before. Um, and, and a core strategy from those and other like board games, Monopoly and stuff like that you play with your friends is uh, the two for one. OK, if I can trade one of my assets away from one of yours for two of yours, I have increased my total count. Now, obviously, there is a, a, you know, a fair exchange that has to happen there. So where you're getting two things that aren't worth as much as what you gave up. But if you're giving up something that's worth a lot and you're getting two seeds that you feel confident in that can grow and you do that multiple times, um, maybe five, six, seven times in forms of trade backs throughout a draft. Um, you can set yourself up to be very wide and very tall, both on the long-term scale. Um, when you uh, when you amass a bunch of future firsts, you can uh, you know you're going to be weaker on the front end. You're going to lose. You're going to be drafting high, and you're going to be able to secure like a Bijan Robinson this year. Um, and that combined with the other firsts you have, with the young players that you took originally from the startup, um, you can kind of crescendo, if you will, into a. a you know, a pretty successful long-term outlook. Right. So what I've seen Tony do is he, he does the start. He always sells his first round pick, not always, but the, in the usually. strategy we're talking about, yeah. usually sell your first round pick. So say you're picking at like pick six, right? Go right in the middle of a draft. Yeah. What's the, what, what type of uh, acquisition, if you're going to give that pick up in a super flex dynasty startup draft, you know, QB six, which, or running back or wide receiver one, what are you looking to get in return? Because that's the biggest question I always get. What totally. can I get for this pick? Yeah, and, and that took a long time and a lot of failed drafts to learn that and making bad trades and ruining my teams before I really learned what proper value is. And I'm here to take my experience and give it to you so where you don't have to fail for a year or two and you don't have to blow your drafts a couple times to learn. I'm right, glad so, you said that, by the way, yeah, because yep. I, I have horrible uh, dynasty failures, which it's an ever-evolving process, and that's why we always try to get into more leagues. Because next time I could do it better. That's what I always say to myself. Next time I could do it better i interrupted first round you're fine pick. dude you're fine dude the 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 core tenant of the strategy is if i'm sitting there at 106 107 and i want to trade out um i'm going to ask for a third a fifth and a future rookie one that is the baseline model that is a trade that is asking for as much as you can ask for that also has a reasonable probability of hitting and the, the way you achieve to actually get that trade and i'll do this in all of my startups you can ask alan i do this to him um we'll go through and i will send out flyer trades to all 11 members of my league and i will send out that exact trade my 106 for your third fifth and 24 first round pick now and i'll send that to every single one 11 active offers and once eight or nine of them get declined i'll lower my ask by a little bit i'll drop that fifth down to a six and it's a three mm -hmm. a six and a future one and i'll send it out to everybody and you know if it if it all whiffs again i'll tweak it again and i'll send it out to everyone um there is a floor to this i will usually accept like a um, in the one draft we did together, the Universal Experts last year, um, I mm -hmm. traded my 111 for what was a late fifth round pick, a late eighth round pick, and the 23 first, mm -hmm. which is like the least I've ever accepted to move out of the first round. And I was pretty shaky about it at the time, but uh, um, it ended up working out. I think the fifth round pick ended up being Garrett Wilson, and I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with uh, what I took. But um, the big thing is it only takes one person to see that offer and to love a player on the board, hit accept, and then you've broken the ice, and now you're off to the races. Yeah. My question for you, though, is that if you're going to get rid of, and again, just random pick eight, pick six, yeah, whatever yeah. it is in the first round, that all thirds, all fifths are not created equal. I mean, no. 311, 511 is way different than 31 and 51. So totally. yeah. how do you carpet bomb those trade offers, understanding that there's a huge gap in value there? Yeah, you have to. Um, it's definitely each individual offer has to be tailored. Once you, but the thing is, all twelve team superflex drafts are, are pretty much universal. Once you get good at identifying, um, you know, I know what a third's worth, fourth, fifth, sixth is worth. You can kind of just rip these, you know, on the fly to people. Um, it, it's different. Maybe someone. Uh, um, if someone has an early third, I'm probably not going to ask for their 3.1 and 5.1, like the guy in the 101 seat. Right. Um, I'm probably going to ask for his three and seven. Seven, because right. Because that early third is so good that it makes it fine, you know.
Yeah. And so I, I have long um, preached a strategy that if you're going to give up your first round, if you're on the other side of this, if you're going to give up your first round pick, that it should a top 30 player should be involved. You yeah. know, I mean, someone that goes in the first three rounds. So because I, I see first round picks get traded for, you know, uh, certainly not top 30 players, someone that's like in like four player 48 or something like that. And I think that that's a mistake because obviously the, the pick itself has a little bit more insulation, the player, depending and when you're in the forties certainly has a depreciating value. So uh, I want to switch though, to the older players. Are there any point where you're even in a startup draft or if you see value in the trade market, are, are you okay with post apex, you know, post age apex players like, Derek Henry, who's 29 going on 30. I just drafted him in, in a startup draft that we're doing. Yeah. Uh, Dalvin Cook is kryptonite right now. Um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins on the wide receiver side, Mike Evans. As a general philosophy, I'm always seeing, I'm running to these guys because there's such a gap in their dynasty value and redraft value. So to me, that means buy. Do you even go near those players? Or are you just youth infused with most of your rosters? Yo, I, I don't. I don't want to sit here and say I only lose. Definitely, those players are, are on the table for me. Um, what's cool about those players is they're typically available in that like six, seven, eight round range, right? Um, and if you're if you're doing what I'm talking about properly, that's actually where you're going to bulk up on picks. So, um, you know, if if I break, you know, around round four or five is when you got to kind of decide. You know, am I just losing? Am I losing, losing, or am I? Do I have? Have I? taken enough players to this point where I have enough juice where I could take some points and be competitive. I mean, I have leagues where I have five first round picks in this year, startups from last season where I also won a championship because mm -hmm. I did on the front end. What I said, I got great trade backs acquired first. And once I, and then I, I took points in the middle rounds and I, I did well. So you can marry both philosophies together and take these vets at a value. Um, you, you just got to take a look at the mirror. Um, you know, if I, uh, if I don't have quarterback support specifically, I'm probably not going to take a Henry or Hopkins, a cook because um, you have to have elite quarterbacks. If you're going to be successful, at least doing this. Right. Well, the elite quarterbacks, and I think we can both make the case. That there's probably only six or seven sure bets, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's, if you want to push Deshaun Watson up there, which I do. I don't. Oh, you uh, don't? I mean, okay. Let's, I mean, let's go. not into that a tier that top six i think there's a clear top six we're, we're on the same page there go um, through through the six. yeah i mean yeah i mean uh i would mahomes. draft them as mahomes burrow i'm sorry mahomes allen burrow hurts herbert lawrence in that order that's how i would draft them and then okay, there's so you, a, a clear tier break after that so you don't right there's a tier break but as yeah. far as i mean once you get out of like qb9 qb10 these guys are all one-year mercenaries like there's geno smith is not you know who's probably qb 15 he's a year-to-year -year guy he may not have make it through the season so if you talk about multiple so when i talk about yes there is an elite tier but i'm talking about uh, elite assets meaning you have multiple years and that's why i have vaulted daniel jones into that bottom of that tier because you're guaranteed times, multiple yeah. yeah multiple years running rushing upside i mean yeah. uh, the market's a little slow to adjust on him but i want to go back to deshaun watson uh because Watson, I mean, he what do he have like five top five finishes in five years, and last yeah. year was down year. I mean, at this time next year, we're gonna I, we're gonna be talking about him firmly back in that tier. Is the, the is there a buying opportunity there because the market's pretty soft on him? He barely goes in the first round of superflex drafts. I'm in fact that he does not go in the first round there. Yeah, he he's kind of right around that twenty spot, right? A little higher than that, maybe fifteen or so um, in a super flex draft right now. Um, he's interesting. I'm a lifelong Browns fan. I watched him play last year a lot. He definitely did not look like the Watson of old. Um, you could see the upsides there. He could still sling it. They they were his uh, his volume, his attempts went up throughout the season. Um, the Browns are still going to be a good team with a, a pretty loaded offense. It's still the same offensive line. Um, he he just concerns me with his rust and stuff. Uh, I don't. Where would I take the Sean Watson in a startup? I mean, yeah, probably right in that range. Um, you know, once, uh, yeah. You're picking yeah. on the hook. You you, you got to take him because look, yeah. look what happens when it comes back the other way, right? There's nothing there. Now we're, you know, it just is uh, proof positive in this draft. Let's see the draft that we're doing. Well, you're co-managing a team right now, but you're, you're involved in this draft. And, Watson went at 2.3. I mean, this next year or late in week four, people are like, oh my God, I can't believe I took, 
you know, whoever ahead of Kyler Murray in our draft when it picked 12. I mean, yeah. you're basically, yeah. I mean, I'd rather not, Watson than Kyler by a, a, yeah. a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, just even if Kyler was healthy, I'd rather have Deshaun Watson. It just seems like, you know, stability and all that. And also, what do we know about elite players? They tend to stay elite, right? I mean, it's it's not often that something like the Russell Wilson thing happens, right? Where it's just like, but you could also explain that with age and, you know, things. Sean Watson's in the peak of his powers. And you have to just think mentally that he came back last year. He knew everyone's going to hate him. He's in a new system. He wasn't able to practice with the team. And look, you we're having a debate. You are representing uh, more of what the market thinks about Watson, whereas I'm a little bit more bullish on him. Uh, so there could be an opportunity there. Let's Let's stick with the whole quarterback discussion you you mentioned in this tanking strategy or productive struggle where you're gonna basically you know do the two for ones try to accumulate future picks um you, you brought up a really interesting point one that you still have to have quarterback support so i really want to know what the lowest quarterback support is and also i think you i want to underline for the for anyone listening is that veterans that go in round two and round three of redraft get pushed down to round six seven eight and that's where you're acquiring them. So I think that's really the right way to do it. But start with the quarterback support. What's the lowest you can go for your QB? We all know you want an elite QB1, but yeah. how about the QB2? What are you comfortable with? So I just want to throw this out there. Um, I'm a guy who was mooching off of Brady for the last three, four years. Um, I, I would confidently and happily pick Brady in my sixth, seventh, eighth round for all the last three seasons to support my productive struggles. And I, TB12 has won me a lot of money. So cheers, Tom. We're going to miss you, buddy. Um, so there is a, a, for this 23 season, every season's its own animal. There's some reassessing that uh, Tony's doing a little bit about the middle area of quarterbacks. Um, Kirk Cousins, I think, represents a pretty good value right now. Um, I've seen him slip into the 5-6, 4-5. He went in the fourth of the draft we did. Um, that's someone who I'm, I'm definitely considering. Uh, it, it, it's really tough in that range. Rodgers is going to produce. In New York, I think he's going to produce. You're just not going to get – you're probably not going to get more than one or two years from that. Um, but that's the yeah. after you, that's my point. After you get out of that big big eight, you know, yeah. I mean, you're in the you're 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 in the year to year thing. Even with Kirk Cousins, yeah. you're in a one year window every year. I mean, there is. Would you be surprised? as in 2024, Kirk Cousins is a high end backup for a young quarterback. I mean, that it, it's unlikely. He's like kind of like the. I'd be a little surprised if that happened. <laughs> right. But I'm saying he's what his contract ends after this year, right? Is or okay. is he is he through 24? I honestly, I'd have to look it up. I, yeah, look it up. While I feel I'm, while like I'm, he never plays on the last year of his contract. He's pretty uh, right, but he's also 34 years old, so he'll be yeah. 36 years old. And I guess you know it, it. We get spoiled with the Brady's and the Rogers. They're playing at 38 years old. It's still a pretty high level. You're right, Rogers, 23 is the last year of his uh, guaranteed money on his deal. Right. So yeah, if yeah. he if he's a, you know he's going into the one year at a time mercenary uh, part of his career. There's nobody that's signing 35 year. I don't want to say nobody. It's unlikely that anyone is signing 35-year-old Kirk Cousins to a two-year deal. He is now – that's the way of the NFL. New quarterbacks come in, right? And then you go into the, hey, we'll plug – he's the new Andy Dalton, right? He's after this year. I mean, right now – I mean, and by the way, it could be with the Vikings. It could be with Justin Jefferson. All my point is, is that if you're taking Kirk Cousins, you're in that year-to-year -year thing. So that's why it's so important to get someone like Dimes – we just talked about him – yeah. That's two years. And in Dynasty, two years is like 100 years. Yeah, a year is such a long time. And that's something I want to stress to the viewers, man. Time is long, long time. Like, a big thing you need to get people to do in your trades is that what I advocate to do is you take that time and you turn it into stuff. So, like, I was trying to – I would trade, like, my 22, 108, 109 picks last year in the rookie drafts for 23 first trade across um, – but I would usually get like an extra second in there, extra player in there, because that time just to go back in time a year that you need to pay for that other guy. So you know, yeah. time, time, a lot time is long. Yep. <laughs> so. Well, I think that is dynasty players. We, we always say, Oh, this guy will be great for 10 years. I mean, Tony in 10 years, no we could way. all be, we could all be dead. Totally. Right? Yeah. yeah. And the chances of, I mean, hopefully your league survives, but the chances are most dynasty leagues, I would say at least half, man, it's like divorce. Like, you know, most of these things are going to not end well. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some leagues fold after one year, two years, three years, like to totally. have a dynasty league that's going after five, six years is special. You it's unlike, it's unusual. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. So what I'm saying is that I always tell people on this podcast is that dynasty is, is better played in two to three year windows rather than four to six. Now, 
of course, when you talk about the Pat Mahomes, the Josh Allens, uh, Joe Burrows, yeah, you could project those guys four to five years, but not 10 years, right? No, just- you, you literally can't project anything at all 10 years. You can't project anything at all like three, four years. I mean, <laughs> no way. I, I play a dynasty in the two, three-year window. Totally, right. totally agree with you. And I would almost say sometimes one to two years. Just think about how bad we fantasy analysts are at predicting what's going to happen in the season in front of us. How the hell are you going to predict what's going to happen two yeah, seasons from I, now, right? Yeah, totally agree with you. Totally yeah, agree with and, you. and the best way to do that is go look at the dynasty rankings from three years ago, and you'll be like, oh, my God, I Le'Veon Bell or you know, whatever it was. You know, it's Todd Gurley. I mean, those guys are out of there. So that brings me to my next question for you. Let's say that you, um, you're midseason, you're, you're two and four. You know, I see people throwing the towel early. One – do you, adv- what is your advice on that? And, you know, the tanking basically is yeah. what's your advice on mid season tanking get when, when is it time to throw in the white towel? Yeah. So actually that's a beautiful question you brought up because in, uh, on our show league that we, we have one specific league that me and my partner cover every week that we always talk about. We drafted on the air, everything we started out Oh, and four in that league and we sold Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders for a bunch of picks. Um, and then we ended up getting hot and winning that league. <laughs> After we did that, okay. Um, so if you want a breakdown of that, tune in, baby. Yeah, but, and um, by the way, Tony's yeah. YouTube channel is linked in the video description below. Yeah. I highly recommend it. It's a it's a, a an emerging channel. It's one of my favorite watches. Anytime Thank they put you. out a video, so it's uh, called the Multiple First YouTube channel. Uh, if you're listening on the audio podcast, I'll also put it in the uh, description. But it's uh, you guys don't do an audio podcast. It's YouTube only right now, right? It's just the show right now. Yep. 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 So eventually, um, you know, that'll be on audio. But yeah, th- worth the watch. Put it on while you're doing your work or whatever. It's it's really good if you love dynasty fantasy football. I digress. So okay. No, you're time good. To, the time to throw thing to know, in the and this is what you were kind of getting at. Yo, I, I'm here to tell you, points are the most valuable thing. Okay, I love getting first-round picks. I love getting players under 25 years old. I love doing that stuff. But points are the most valuable thing, especially in season. You want points. If someone is coming in there to buy points from you, they got to pay. So, you know, if you're Explain that because I I think I know what you mean, but I want you to explain that. So when someone says mid-season, week six, I want points. So you're uh, alluding to like selling a veteran, right? Yeah, like selling, uh, I think Saquon last year around that time was a prime example. Um, you know, at that time, even we were talking about Saquon breaking back into like Dynasty 1 overall territory because he was he was so hot and, and was returning to form. Um, so I, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, I, I hate mentioning trade calculators because people, you know, hate them so much in the community. But I think if you look <laughs> at several of them, you can get an idea of a market, okay? And once you have your market in mind for a player – what, I, what I'm saying is mid-season, in-season, you're selling a, a player who's going to score points, has been consistently high-end points. Um, you can ask for an above-market uh, deal from that person and uh, probably get it. Or you, you are very justified in asking for and holding your guns for a, for an above-market deal on, on yeah, dudes who are going to score. You know, uh, Tyler Lockett, Saquon, uh, uh, Kelsey. Kelsey was the biggest one probably. Yeah, yeah you, what, what Tony's talking about also is that is basically is the dynasty calendar and when you trade a player matters. Right, totally, right now, totally. tr- try to trade Dalvin Cook right now. No, you, you, no one's even giving you first. I mean, he, I'm not even sure somebody would give you 2.1 in a rookie draft for him, right? I mean, even though I believe he's worth that, but you know, it's just not happening. Now, in week four, if Dalvin has 80 yards and a touchdown and 90 yards and six catches a, 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 for another 40 yards and he has three good weeks. You'll get that first from a contender uh, week four. I mean, you know, it'll be it'll be picked 9, 10, 11, 12. So when you trade these veterans matters, keep that in mind. And in buying points, like you said, I like the way you frame that because that's essentially what you're doing. You're not really buying the player. It's not a it's it's not going to be a long shelf life player. It's going to have almost no retrade value in in the offseason, you know, players like that. But hey, look, if Derrick Henry, like we brought him up earlier, the minute he has 120 yards and two touchdowns, you're going to be able to get a first-round pick from yeah, from a team that thinks that that's missing their RB2 or whatever. And that's a trade you can't get in March, to your point. I totally agree with you. Yep. Okay. All right, so let's talk about team builds specifically, okay? So forget the tanking thing for a second, though. Let's say you're going in and you're going to keep your picks. Yep. I ask a lot of our guests this. What's the best way, uh, roster construction-wise, to build a Superflex roster in your first five or six rounds? And again, I know it's going to vary a little bit, but what's the game plan, the mindset going into these drafts? 
Um, uh, so first of all, a lot of these drafts, are, the derby system has become a lot more popular where people actually select their draft seat um, before you start selecting players. Um, pick as high as you can in that. I'm telling you right now, derby strategy is be as high as you can. Okay. If right. anytime in the top six, um, you're doing well because you can get one of those elite QBs we mentioned. Um, uh, yeah, now, Rex, you know, yeah. One second, I was going to say is that, you know, it's funny. Uh, Jordan McNamara came on this podcast and he said the one one in startup is worth more than the one one. It's basically, it's worth more than its own draft slot. Yeah. So so your point is right. So you want elite QB, whatever that takes um, in the, in the top after. Okay. So you get your elite QB, how are you going to construct it? Cause yeah, you know, there's the wide receiver versus running back uh, debate. I'm I'm a receiver heavy, man. I am so comfortable doing a zero RB run. That's where I like to be. um, Or a hero RB with, with a single tailback Uh, in the 14 team league. We did recently, I took Travis Etienne in the third round and it didn't take another tailback to like round 11 or 12. Um, You know, a lot of these uh, leagues that we're seeing on sleeper and everywhere, people are moving to three wide start Mm. very commonly. And what was already probably the most, important non-QB position, the receiver position in Dynasty due to longevity only gets doubled down further because now you're starting multiple receivers. Um, so filling out three wide can be tough and filling them out with good options. You know, so I um, definitely going to get my elite quarterback, definitely going to get a big, big bite of the wide receivers and um, not really going to sweat tailback very much. Um, there were drafts last year I did where I didn't have a tailback on my roster until around 10, 11, 12. I like that you call it tailback. That's like a throwback. How old are you, Tony? <laughs> I'm 33 years old, man. Okay, so you're yeah. see, I'm I'm older than you. I'm 47, but yeah. I uh, that's what we called it back in back in my day, you know. Like, but good, they don't yeah. they don't call it tailback anymore. Well, it's running back. Some background, man, is um I actually officiate youth football in my area. Oh, cool. um, uh, dude, I officiate yeah. uh, youth uh, basketball. It's <laughs> you feel it, though, man. It's yes. tough out there sometimes with these coaches <laughs> and parents, dude. Um, yeah, my dad's been doing that for about 17 years, and then I started about six, seven years ago doing that. I love it. And all those, all now, when you talk about officials, there's some old timers, man. You got guys been doing it for 30, 40 years, <laughs> and they all call it tailback, halfback, you know. Um, yeah, that was funny. You said end, that. you know, yeah, yep. Sam, we'd call yeah. it Sam, the split. Yep. End. All right, yep. we, yep. we, oh, that's fun. We could do a whole uh, podcast on officiating youth and, and, and the crazy things that we saw. So, uh, we're going to take a quick break here. This is just for the listening audience. If the YouTube, you just stick with us. Uh, we're going to just get a quick word and then stick because after the break, we're going to go into which wide receivers, if you are going to go wide receiver heavy, are the ones to target and which ones are a little bit more of a projection you may want to leave alone in the first part of your drafts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment 
and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and we're back. I'm Alan Sislowski of rotorwire.com. You follow me at Alan Sislowski. I'm here with Tony, better known as Stash X of Multiple Firsts uh, YouTube channel. Certainly all of uh, Tony's uh, contact information is in the, the video description below. I highly recommend you follow him if you love Dynasty Fantasy Football. So we're talking about team structure, Tony, and uh, you know the, the heavy wide receiver builds are – Probably a good way to do it. They look good on paper. You have Garrett Wilson. You have DK Metcalf. But sometimes people go early on and they they get some wide receivers that basically haven't done it yet just because they need youth. They need 23-year-olds. They need 22-year-olds on their roster. Who are the couple of guys that go in the early rounds that every time they get drafted, you're like, thank God they're off the board? Yeah, those picks that are like, hey, you know, you guys are pushing the players I want back down to me. All right. Yes, um, yes. Player who concerns me right now in that top, that upper echelon of receivers is uh, Drake London. That's someone mm. who I've been selling on my roster a little bit. What is it about London that you don't like, or that concerns you a little bit? I get a little worried about the quarterback situation, obviously, and then you know the touchdown upside with Pitts there, maybe taking a lot of his red zone targets. I mean, the age is great. I love that he's young. The draft capital is there. He's got prototypical size. He's very productive in college. He's a very talented football player. I'm not dumping on Drake London, but relative to the other guys in his tier. The Amon Ra's, the Garrett Wilsons, the uh, uh, you know DK Metcalfs, the guys that get drafted around him, I, I would have London clearly behind all of those dudes. Um, but you, you know, it, it's most of those guys up there at receiver are worthy of being there for the most part. But he's one who scares me. Yeah, the reason I I'm, I'm glad you said him is because I share this opinion with you. Um, yeah. I have concerns about Drake London. Obviously, I'd rather have all of the other. If we redrafted last year's rookie class in Dynasty Fantasy Football, I'd want Alave ahead of him. I, I certainly want Garrett Wilson ahead of him. I want yeah, Traylon in the top five. Yeah. Yeah. I want Traylon Burks ahead of him. I liked yeah. what I saw from Traylon Burks. I mean, similar situation. Quarterback is dicey, but you know, he is it's there there those two guys have always been compared even since in the pre-draft process. It's a question. I, I know that some would disagree there. Um but it, it is interesting with Atlanta's quarterback and what they're going to do. And it, you know it, you swing it back over to Kyle Pitts, man. And Kyle Pitts is basically the consensus dynasty tight end one, whereas in redraft, he's like six or seven. Yeah. That's pretty aggressive that he's tight end one in dynasty. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. who would, who would be your top? Just give us your top five for dynasty tight ends right now. For dynasty tight ends. Um, I'm a Mark Andrews truther. I have it currently in dynasty Andrews Pitts, Kelsey Hawkinson Kittle. That would be okay. my top five in order. Um, so the K- Kelsey's age doesn't scare you off. Cause I have him as, as the tight end one still. That's I can't go away from it. You know, it's like I like winning, you know? Yeah. You know, a a little bit of my ranking, I'll be honest with you here in in March is a little bit of trade value baked into Mm. it Um, because that will be a tiebreaker for me when I'm drafting a player. I'm a very active trader. Um, So, like, if I'm picking between player A and player B, I know one has you you trade pits off for a lot more you can get for Kelsey right now. I mean, whether or not that's correct, you know. That's oh, not yeah. for me to decide, but I know I could trade pits and get a bunch of stuff. Yeah, so, the like, the pits yeah. and Kelsey dynamic for trading is sim. I saw a trade go down yeah. in one of my leagues the other day: Cooper Cup for T Higgins. Right, only in Dynasty could that trade happen. You know, yeah, um, so because Cooper Cup is probably a first round redraft pick, T Higgins is probably you know a two three turn type of player, but in Dynasty those positions are basically reversed. I mean, Cooper Cup is you know wide receiver. 15 or 18 or 20 hour and T Higgins is like wide receiver eight. So, I mean, that's the, that's a true dynasty trait, right? It's interesting to change it. Yeah. I remember in the 2020 season, I saw Calvin Ridley swap straight across for Julio Jones. They're on the same team at the time. One of them was like a second, third year player. The other one was this legendary hall of famer, but their values were shifting and they were at that middle mark of their careers where they were swapped. It was just neat. 
And what's funny is that Julio was on the other side of that when Roddy White was an aging veteran, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. where Roddy was the one A. So it's it's you know you played Dynasty long enough, you see the these values swap do, around, right? All right, so there's a, there's a couple other uh, running backs versus wide receiver arguments that I want to make here. So I think that it's been trendy and for good reason. I get the argument for wide receivers, but when everyone's running to a specific strategy, there is value. In the last, my last dynasty teams for the last couple of years have been built running back heavy, and those have been successful teams. So, yes, it sucks when Brandon, I'm starting Brandon Cooks and Christian Kirk as my wide receiver ones, but when you're just like you're running out four running backs, so is there still a case? And if you're going to do it, who are some of the running backs that we should target early if the whole room is running to wide receivers? Yo, I mean, there's definitely a case for sometimes being RB heavy. Um, you know, it's all about the market, and the individual market is in your league, your 11 other dudes. Every league has its own independent market to it, okay? And, and like, just taking it back a few steps, like – there's leagues where I was able to trade back and pick up seven or eight, 23 first. And there's other leagues where I attempted the same thing, send out all the flyers, all that stuff. I was only able to achieve like one or two futures because each market is different. Um, and by that, I mean, each league is different. No the I, question though. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, go, go, keep going. Which RBs are worthwhile. I'm selling almost every RB in dynasty other than Bijan, Bree. I don't want to mention the rookies. Um, Brees, Walker, Taylor, McCaffrey, Saquon, and ETN. Those are like the only RBs that I'm really, trying to keep um if one of them's on the board in those first three rounds i'm, I'm pretty confident taking any of those guys again that's Brees, walker taylor mccaffrey saquon etn and i'm gonna go ahead and throw a throw naji harris in there as well um he's you like you like naji right i, yes. I like naji yeah, i too. do i i i think the community has hated on him a little too much he got pushed down the board his why his lifetime carry count is really low and that's why yeah. i really like him and he's also a guy who's done it so alan said this earlier the uh the best indication of future success is previous success okay <laughs> boys and girls let me tell you and Najee's been successful okay so if i can get a Najee harris a former top five tailback um in the fifth round of a startup um, i mean do that. why would uh, tony why do you want him man he only had 74 catches his rookie season what i mean why only what, 74 you? catches yeah. <laughs> you know and now you can get him yeah. in the fifth round of startups right uh yes he had a down year last year and you know uh, people will say, oh, Ben Roethlisberger dumps off. Like, I, I liked what I saw from Kenny Pickett. I think that all of the Steelers are tremendous values this year. Um, you know, Deontay Johnson had tremendous bad luck with touchdowns. So yeah. all of those guys, I think, that are are buys in Dynasty Fantasy Football. Um, let's let's switch over for a second here with the, the tank. Let's go back to the tanking thing for a second. Because, again, Tony, I've seen you execute these, uh, the productive struggle strategy. So what are some of the common mistakes that people make when they're doing this, hey, build for the future strategy, whether it's in startups or in existing leagues? So it's yeah. maybe two things that even experienced players do wrong. So we touched on this a little bit, but I'm going to keep hammering it. Uh, so the big thing that people do wrong is they do not make their trading partners pay for the time. OK, so um, a trade that I hate, I hate is sending my sixth or seventh startup pick straight across for a future one. I don't do that. I'm not going to do that. People, that's probably is a fair deal in terms of like market and calculators and all that crap. But like, I'm not going to do that. If, if you're knocking on my door saying, I'm, hey, man, I'm willing to give you my future one. Will you give me your seventh round pick? I'm going to say no. I want your 10th or 11th with it. Um, those two for ones matter. That extra juice you can get matters. Um, and I feel like as a straight across one for one trade, what you're telling me is I have to go back in time a year. I have to wait a year for return on my current value, this pick in my hand currently. And you're getting to move forward in time to take a player to take points right now. And so you need to pay more for that. Um, you know, I usually won't swap a, a pick straight across for a future one mm -hmm. until like the late eighth ninth round and right. you'd be surprised how often you can get that but like someone will tra i've seen people trading like their 5.2 startup pick for a 23 first i saw that a few times last year and that's just right you favor bad, the, you, man don't you do favor that the, you favor the startup pick there or you yeah, favor, the, definitely favor yeah. the startup pick yeah right. uh, if you're trying to sell your 5.2 startup pick for future you should be you should be looking to take a three or four slide down round three or four round slide down and still get that so that's how you get the two for one yeah. and that's what's going to build you out 
Yeah, man, I, I find this stuff fascinating. I, I could talk this kind of stuff all day, like the values. Because so, you know, some of the most common questions we get on the YouTube channel and in on Rotowire. Uh, and by the way, right now you can get a free sample of Rotowire, unlock our paywall. Just go to rotowire.com forward slash pod. Uh, that's P-O-D. Just put your email in and unlocks for two days. You can see the dynasty rankings, everything, all the articles. But one of the most common questions I get is about trade value. So last year I put together a trade value chart. Now, obviously it's imperfect. You know, like it would Did say, really? was yeah. It a, was it startup based? Uh, yeah, it was basically, no, it was, just, it was all, um, it was existing league based. So, cause People would say to me, "What can I? What should I expect in return for Dalvin Cook?" So I went through every player in the top 100 and said, "Here's an example." And I gave an example of a trade. I'll, I'll link. I'll put it in here. It's from last year, so it, yeah. it's not valid anymore. But just to give people an idea, I'm going to update it this year. For example, it would be like Mike Evans was worth pick 1.11, something like that. Or I would say Dalvin Cook, you should cash him in for. Um, you know, Damian Pierce plus a second. It was stuff like that. So imperfect science, but I gave people a starting point, a framework for it. And it would actually help me because I was like, hey, what would I trade these guys for? And for example, like in Superflex, you know, Najee Harris, we just talked about him and Daniel Jones. I thought that if you're going to usually in, when you trade a quarterback in Superflex, you want a quarterback in return. Quarterback an upgrade. Yeah. Right. So I said, is how are you going to get Daniel Jones uh, for a straight up running back in last year, I said it's going to cost you RB four. You know, I mean that's how expensive quarterbacks are after the startup draft is over because yeah. quarterbacks are never cheaper than in the startup draft. You know, wholeheartedly what I'm saying? agree. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's a, it's the you're said you said that you sell cars for uh for your for your primary income. I um I think that uh, quarterbacks have the opposite. Uh, uh, appreciation of cars. The minute you drive <laughs> yeah. cars off the lot, they depreciate by what, like fifteen percent, Tony? Yeah, right? something like that. Yeah, a few grand for sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, quarterbacks appreciate the minute the startup draft is over. They it's do, the exact man. opposite. Yep. Yo, yo. All right. So I want to talk about a couple things that happened uh, in the world of real football that are going to affect dynasty values. And uh, I want to start with the trade with the Chicago Bears. Uh, obviously, everyone knows the details of that, but the key part is DJ Moore. I've seen a lot of DJ Moore optimism, so I want you to put a little bit of sobriety on that take because I, I, DJ Moore, he, you know, we we always said if he can only get a quarterback, are we sure that this is the type of quarterback we were talking about? Yeah, yeah, I, I see this as a very lateral move for Moore himself. Um, just like wherever he was is wherever he pretty much is. He's just wearing a different uniform now. At least people don't like ranking. this. People are not going to be happy with you, Tony. I'll say it, man. I mean, uh, it's it's I, you know a lot of those same people are probably the ones who don't want a Ravens receiver, right? Because of the the, the 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 low passing volume there. I mean, we're going to see a repeat of that same style offense here. Um, changing team is rarely good for a player. Rarely good. So if you know. Uh, more more is almost certainly getting to a better situation for himself in his career. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you that. Um, but uh, the change in teams is rough. He may see a point where he starts to ascend. And by all means, if he catches fire early on in the season in Chicago, he will be ascending. But, you know, the, Fields has not demonstrated this ability to be a great passer in the league. There's not a bunch of other targets there that, that free him up, I, I, I guess. Um, you yeah, know, I, I would – yeah, I would have I rather seen. I ahead. would have rather seen um, DJ Moore play with like a Jared Goff type of quarterback than totally. I would. Yeah, than yeah. A, a pocket passer that throws the ball that could hit the quick slants. You know, it's it, it's you know Justin Fields. We love him for fantasy. I mean, you, you gotta if someone took him at QB five and redraft, no problem with it. But it's mostly with the legs. And Justin Fields did throw the ball well in at Ohio State when he was there. This whole thing that he can't throw in the NFL. I'm not buying that, but there's more competition for targets now, right? You have Darnell Moody in Chicago, Chase Claypool. I don't care if you don't like him. He, he is, they did trade for him. They are going to try to get him going. He's start. Yeah. Cole, Cole Komet is a credible uh, tight end, right? I mean, they're going to have uh, right now. Khalil Herbert is in the pole position, but of course they're going to add somebody else. You know, they could add Alexander Madison. They could resign David Montgomery. So I, I, I think you said it well, which is wherever you had DJ Moore before, more yeah. before, keep him wide receiver 16 right i mean that seemed about right yeah and, and another thing to note about this trade is it's different like i don't know like like when the cardinals went out to go get deandre hopkins a few years ago they went to go get deandre hopkins that's what the trade was they went to go get this guy and this deal we see between chicago and carolina this is just chicago training down and getting what they can to do that this isn't like aggressively pursuing dj Moore. this guy fits our system so well we have to add him he's going to be so great for us this is we're training down with carolina 
they offered, they put three picks on the table, four picks on the table to swap with us. We want more. We're going to ask for your best pass catcher. That just so happens to be DJ Moore. Right. Um, Similar to in Dynasty, yeah. with like, yeah, a little extra sprinkle on top. And plus, the Bears have the most cap room in the NFL. They could obviously give DJ Moore his, uh, you know, the, the, the contract that he's probably warranted at this point of his career. All right. So, some of the other news is the Aaron Rodgers to New York Jets trade. I'm not, this is like 50 50. I don't think that it's a lock that this is going yeah. to happen, right? I mean, you have Rodgers' retirement, you have uh, compensation that can't be agreed on. But let's say it does happen, right? Is I mean Aaron Rodgers from last year was an average quarterback. The two previous seasons, obviously an MVP. So, what do you think this does to the dynasty value of Aaron Rodgers specifically in superflex leagues? Where would you rank him once that ink is dry on the contract and he's moving over to the New York Jets? He's certainly going to go up from where he is right now because um, he's kind of being left for dead in a lot of leagues. I mean, he's probably near the bottom, the bottom of a top twenty for most people. Um, I in terms of like just values, trade values, et cetera, um, you're probably going to see the rookie quarterbacks, the the big four rookie quarterbacks are probably ahead of Rodgers for most people. Um, you know, jumps up the list though, for sure. You, you have to imagine the Jets are going to frame the trade so they're not giving up their weapons to bring him in, um, similar to like what the Broncos gave up to bring in Russ. They kept their receivers. So yeah. I imagine like Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, these guys are all going to stay, stay there. Do you think Rodgers gets traded for one? I mean, I, if I'm the if I'm the Jets, right? I, I don't want to give up my first round pick for this. I'd rather you know sign one of the plug and play veterans, the Jimmy Garoppolo. I want Rodgers. I'm a Jets fan. I want Rodgers. I'm so glad they didn't sign Derek Carr. But you can't give up that that first round pick. Or do you think that Rodgers is worth something like that, given the team context of the Jets? I'll, I'll come back to you with an even better question. Let's say they sent a first and a second both in this mm-hmm. draft for Rodgers, but then he goes and wins a Super Bowl. How do you oh, feel yeah. about that? I mean, yeah, well, if I know it, the right? outcome, yeah, well, yeah. if I know the outcome is worth it, right? But I'm saying yeah. is right now I can sure. only have the the what I have now and that information. It, yeah. So, I mean, we get spoiled. You mentioned Tom Brady earlier. I mean, we get spoiled. I mean, Rogers is going to be 40 in season next year, not 39, 40 years old. So, and I know he's one of the elite greats of all time, but that's still, you know, you're trading for a 40 year old quarterback. You have to keep that in mind. It's a it's a short window. All right, I want to continue talking about some of the news that's happened and some of the values that are going to fluctuate. Yeah. Derek Carr gets signed by the Saints. What does this do for Derek Carr's value in Superflex? And who and how does this affect some of the weapons around him? Yeah, so I love all the weapons. I'm gonna touch on that first. Um, you know, I think Chris Olave is trading around wide receiver 9-10 right now. Um, I'm in on that. Perfectly happy to draft him myself there um, in any of my startups here. Uh, you got Michael Thomas is like the wide receiver 70. I was looking this up the other night, wide receiver 70 on Keep Terry Cut, just that one resource. 70. Michael Thomas. I'm not even sure he's going to come back to New Orleans, but I'm interested in that price for that upside <laughs> uh, with Derek Carr. Um, uh, Raheem Shahid, R- Rashid Shahid. Shahid yeah. yeah. You said it right. You said yeah. Rashid Shahid. Yep. I have almost none of this player, but I'm interested in him now. Um, Jawan Johnson is a guy who I picked up a lot, a lot off waivers. I'm camping on him and I'm happy about this and the extension he just, he just got. Yep. Yeah. He just signed a two year deal, right? A two, yeah. Two uh, year, uh, 8 million. That's a decent little investment for a guy who, was he an undrafted free agent for them? I mean, it's, it's like something close. I think he was yeah. a wide receiver when he came in and then yeah. he converted to tight end. But yeah, no, that's that's a late round. You know, when you talk about like everyone's favorite sleeper at tight end, I mean, he's going to be one of those guys, the the, the Alberto, you know, from last year, right? He's yeah. going to be someone that that people are targeting. So you like those weapons. Yeah, the Michael Thomas thing is interesting because him, Allen Robinson, those guys are kryptonite right now in dynasty league. Yeah. So you can't get so, rid of them. So yeah, so yeah. you're you're in on those guys. I'm in on all the pass catchers of the New Orleans Saints right now at cost. Um, and then Carr himself is a little a di- kind of a different animal. It's a little weirder. Um, I would say I'm in, but I would definitely would prefer some of these other guys that are around his same tier, like a Rodgers. Um, I'd rather have Kirk Cousins on my team than, than Darren Carr, oh. if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, you know, I, I think the big the big kind of point of contention there is where would Derek Carr slot in for you against these four rookies? And, you know, who would you rather have in your dynasty team? I think that's a decision a lot of people have to make. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's yeah. a, well, there's a, a conversation we have there. If if Derek Carr, if you have an elite quarterback, a Joe Burrow, Mahomes, Derek Carr, I think, is what you want for your QB2. You want that yeah, stable 16-point yeah. floor. But if you're playing the game where, you know, you have two as your QB1, it's you can't you need to, to be competitive. You need something with a little more upside there. And I don't, I think that at this point, 
uh, you know, we could safely project what's a what's an under over that you would set for Derek Carr points per game. Um, 16 and a half is a fair, you know, 18 and a half, something like that. Yeah, that seems totally fair. Um, I, I might err even to the over on something like that if I have to put my money down because mm-hmm. I like the uh, I like the, the coaching weapons. settings of the weapons, and I you know I think they're going to be in some shootout games, so he's yep. going to have the opportunity to score. All right, I got to pay some bills right now, Tony. So just remember that the <laughs> 2022 NFL season's over, but fantasy football season never stops at Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy football. Right now, you can draft Underdog's big board tournament with a million bucks in prizes and 200K to first place. Think about what you know about the incoming rookies. Will they bust? Will they hit? You know what? You can you can start drafting those guys for the 2023 season now. What a value. Sometimes you get those guys real late, and they end up going in like the third round. So uh, it's a good time to play underdog. Uh, do you play a lot of best ball, Tony? Yo, I honestly don't, and I, I want to. I, I know that you're, you're big on it. Um, big. I have in the past. Um, I Just time, man, just business. Oh, yeah. And, and I, well, I, I'd love to be more involved, but I'm not. Yeah, absolutely. So right now, if you want to try out Underdog, just to anyone listening, you can use code RWNFL, and they're going to double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So if you put in 50 bucks, they'll put they'll put match it. And you, you do these drafts. You can either do an eight-hour timer or a 30-second timer, fast draft, slow draft. I'll end up with 80 of these drafts at the end. And like Tony said, they don't they don't take a ton of time. They take about 35 minutes, the fast drafts. Or you can just do the slow drafts. They have $3 drafts. They have $10 drafts. So a lot of fun. And I also find them, in addition to, you know, there's upside to win money on Underdog Fantasy, that these are the best way to get ready for your drafts, to learn ADPs, to see where rookies are going. Because you can mock till the cows come home. But at the end of the day, when people have even a few bucks stake in the game, you can get a better sense of what, the actual market's going to do. So underdog fantasy, everyone go check it out. There's a link in the video or audio description below, or you can just use code uh, RWNFL and they'll W first deposit. All right. I'm here with real quick. Sorry. The the underdog thing is awesome. And I want to throw this out there for you. The, I did a few of these last year. I did some, but um, the, the underdog, drafts are really good to do with a partner we all have our friends out there that we love to and maybe you don't want to enter into a whole dynasty co-management sync thing with them but like you could sit there and get into an underdog slow draft with someone you've been talking with and and you know just just talk about each one of those picks with another guy i did that a few times with some people and had really good experiences and actually had a little bit of success in it so i'm going to be live streaming a bunch of these so we'll have you on for one of those so you can kind of talk through the picks together bro yeah yeah absolutely absolutely, yeah um i'm here with tony uh stash x as he's known on the sleeper app and he uh do you hear that in your ear yeah that 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 just went off yep yeah that was funny because we're um we both have our sleeper board open uh so and Tony is the multiple first YouTube channel. He talks about dynasty fantasy football. He talks about his strategy of, of values and trading back. And I just want to hit on a couple more things before we wrap this up. Uh, by the way, everyone should go follow Tony's channel. Go over there, click the subscribe button. And if you like videos like this, consider hitting the like and subscribe to the Rotowire uh, YouTube channel as well. All right, everybody. So startup draft strategy. We were talking about tanking. And you brought up an interesting point before, Tony. You were talking about how not everyone can win the money. And I believe that a third of your league isn't even trying to win the money, right? They're they're always I'm playing for next yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess really this is my pushback on your strategy of productive yeah. struggle. I mean, you have in any given year, you have an 8% chance, right, of winning because it's 12 teams, something sure. like that. Yeah, that's fair. So if three teams are in there, I have a 25% chance of winning so is there – why is it that you can't just go for the veterans, almost play it like a quasi-redraft? What's the downside of doing that? Yo, you can. I'm not trying to dump on that at all. I'm not you know, no. I'm not going to argue with you. you. You totally can do that. It's all about individual market. Um, if, I, uh, if I can't get the trades that I'm looking for to move off my pick, then you know, I, I'm, I'm open to drafting a front-end competitive team. I don't do it very often because usually you can find the trades. Not but, as fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, hey, I, I love winning championships. Don't get me wrong, man. I I, yeah. I was able to win a few last year, and I'm, I'm psyched about that. But uh, um, yeah, no, no, you're right. It, it's also uh, sorry. I, yeah, I, I'll put train of thought here. Yeah. No, no. People yeah. suffer from something called uh, SRS. It's sexy roster syndrome. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I might be talking to someone that's been to one or two sexy roster syndrome <laughs> meetings, right? As, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, where they like to look at their roster and they have all these great unproven young players. And, you know, in then week one, you're, you're starting, you know, rookie, whoever, who, who's going against 
uh, my Patrick Mahomes, my Derrick Henry, and all that stuff. So Travis it's, it's very interesting. And Adams, you're loaded with, yeah. Mm-hmm. Another uh, question that we get often, I want people ask me, how do I get into a dynasty league? What's the what do you? How do you recommend people get into dynasty leagues? Yeah, how do how do you get into a dynasty league? Um, if you know, so the first thing I'd recommend to you is if you know if you're trying to get in because you know people that are in them, just get with those guys and start one up with them. Um, the best thing you can do for yourself in dynasty is play with people you know. You jump in with eleven randoms, and you could definitely have a good time. I've done that, but the more you can play with your your dudes who you already do redraft leagues, your high school buddies, your work buddies, you know, your your neighbors and stuff, um, do that. Just fire one up. I recommend Sleeper head and shoulders above any other hosting platform. Um, I'm going to throw this about there about Sleeper. Knock on wood here. But, uh, hey, guys, there's no ads on Sleeper. Okay, right. you get in your ESPNs and your Yahoos, and they're just hammering you with progressive and, and all these advertisements all over your screen. Sleeper don't have any of that, man. And it's the best host. Uh, X's and O's otherwise. So Sleeper's a partner of this podcast, so we'll yeah. uh, rubber stamp that. Now, the <laughs> other thing is because I, I've you know I've, I watch you in these leagues, I watch what you're up to. You're able to uh, successfully pull off trades. I think that what would be some good utility to for people in the last ten minutes of this podcast is some techniques or tips you can give to execute trades, right? Like some people just will throw you these horrible offers, right? That you have no chance of getting done. But hey, I'm just getting the conversation started. So I guess give everybody a few tips how you've been successful in actually executing trades in general. Yeah. So the first thing I want to touch on is um, I I really last couple of years made it a point of trying to not be like, uh, hey, what do you want for this player? Okay. Um, You're making me do work. You're making me do work. Yeah. So the when you talk about constructing a trade, building a trade proposal, right? Um, the only person who's going to look out for your side in that is you. All right. So if if you look at these two rosters and you're trying to trade for Garrett Wilson, okay, and you cannot piece this together to where it looks attractive for you to acquire Garrett Wilson, that other guy, if he goes in there to do it, it's only going to be worse, okay, for for your side. So like, you know, you need to be able to, if you're trying to pursue a player, you have to be able to open up with an offer, at least a, a reasonable offer. Um, big right. thing I do that helps me make deals is uh, preserve your relationships with people. Um, I don't flame people. I don't flame people in league chats ever. Bad tra- That trade sucks. I'd definitely rather have side A of that. He's winning by a lot. Never do any of that. There's going to be bad trades made on a weekly basis in all of your leagues. Get in fact, do the opposite. Yeah. Make the make the guy who feels who who know who got hosed by the chat say hey, it's not that bad. I could see. Hey, if this what I'm yeah. the same way, right? Like uh, I one of the guys that we play with, uh, he's often on this podcast. The chief st, uh, Kevin the Geek. He I yeah, used to I tell him for years, man. He used to go in there and crush people. Oh, you're an idiot for this trade. I said <laughs> you're you're only killing your chances of getting trades done. Preserve relationships. I think that's a key one. Reach out to people. I think is another one. When you don't want to do a trade or look at their roster and say, if you're looking like, for example, say you want to trade for Gabe Davis, like last year, right? Don't say, hey, I, how, what do you want for Gabe Davis? Which is yeah, what you just said, yep. right? I would say, hey, I'm in the market for a wide receiver. Can you rank your wide receivers for me? Because they may have Gabe Davis as their fifth best wide receiver and you value him as their third best wide receiver. So there's an opportunity because sometimes you and I are both we're both experienced dynasty players, but we're going to value the same player widely different. So I think asking someone else to say, where do you value? You know, don't exactly don't target the guy that you want right away. I mean, if you were talking about Garrett Wilson and also you might. See what the other guy needs. That's another tip that I would suggest is that if the other guy doesn't need running backs and he only has two good wide receivers, don't go asking him for a wide receiver because he's probably not the right trade partner for you. If you're if you're plush at uh, at a position that he's that he's flush at as well. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I am. Uh, I, I want to. Uh throw something else out there along that same vein. So I don't know if you've ever used dynastyranker.com before. It's a website you've recommended your people, but you can actually go in there and you can type in a username and you can see all of the leagues for any individual username. And I can go in there. I can type in a league mate, see his 10 leagues. I can check all of his rosters and I can see who he might have high rostership of that. Maybe he doesn't have that in my single league. And I can kind of figure out what players he likes. Um, I can see kind of the way he likes to build his teams. Maybe he's loaded with picks across all of them. And I know he's going to value my picks in a deal a little more. Um, You know, maybe he's consistently just has no tailbacks on all of his teams. Then it's like, he's probably not going to trade me for my mix in or whatever. um, Cause he clearly doesn't want tailbacks. So like, 
use DynastyRanker.com as a tool to your advantage to help identify the uh, people in your league. That is some sneaky stuff right there. <laughs> I did that a little bit. Yeah. Oh wow! So that yeah. that's good. I I was thinking of a completely different uh, service, DynastyRanker.com. I had never heard of that one. So yeah. there there's the big takeaway for today, man. And and then you could see someone's you could a specific person's tendencies. You're uh you're breaking into their into their dynasty brain right there, man. I Tony, could literally that- type you in, Alan, and I could see all of your leagues, every player you own on every single one of your teams, and I could I could formulate trades based on what I see from your ownership from DynastyRanker.com. Free service, you- totally free. Yeah, I think you give me too much credit though. Like I'm not even sure I have a plan in some of these things. I just go. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Tony, you did it again, man. I want tell everyone where to follow you. Hey, man, I, I appreciate you having me on. I just want to say that thank you so much. Thank you all our listeners for giving your time to us. Time is the most valuable thing. We've been saying it all day, and your hour of time matters to me. It matters to Alan and to the RotorWire family. So thank you so much for having me. Tony, on. these people don't have anything better to do. I'm telling you. <laughs> the audience, I'm telling yeah. you, they have nothing better to do than listen to us. No, you're. I, I like you know in social media, you don't get uh, to really know a person, but you can tell a person's energy and a person's vibe, and just from watching your videos and interacting with you in different leagues you know you're the type of energy that attracted me to you with a with a dynasty and and talking about football so there was no question i was going to have you on brother man i i this won't be the last i think that like you said you're you're growing your youtube channel and there's no doubt mine it's going to blow up and be one of the best out there and you're welcome back you have an open door on this show anytime i'll be back yeah Yep, multiple first YouTube channel. And everyone, remember, if you want to check out Rotowire for free, the premium content, just go to rotowire.com forward slash pod. Unlock for two days. Uh, we'll be back next week with another Dynasty Fantasy Football podcast. Get into some startups and try Tony's productive struggle tanking strategy. See if it works for you. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.